Hello, and welcome to another episode of our Unsolved Podcast. This month, we're taking a look at a case out of Genesee County. It's the case of Brenda Martinez. She was just 23 years old when she disappeared on December 22nd of 1988. Her body was found shortly after the new year, but the case has been cold ever since. We recently sat down with Brenda's daughter, Stephanie, who was sent to live with relatives in northern Michigan after her mother's death. Tell me about your mom, what you do remember about um, her. Just like, you know, normal kid stuff. Uh, we walked a lot. She was very tall. I remember trying to keep up. Um, and I've always walked fast since then because you got to keep up. There's, you know, or you fall behind. And um, I never wanted to be missing out. Had the fear of missing out since I was, I was little. So wherever mom was going, I was going. <laughs> and we were going fast. So, um, yeah, she was a lot of fun. She liked... Uh, music. We used to listen to a lot of the radio back then. Of course, no streaming, but <laughs> um, yeah, music, a lot of music, um, and late night movies, stuff like that. And then just before Christmas, 1988, yeah. what do you remember about that? You were um, six at the time, right? Yeah. It's... It's more of a feeling. You don't, you know, a lot of the memories, you're that little, you don't really retain a whole lot. You just kind of remember um, feeling safe and then not feeling safe. And that's something that just sticks with you forever. There was a moment that you just remember suddenly not feeling safe. Yeah. That's your comfort, that's your person. She was all I had. And then she was gone. And nobody could explain why. <laughs> and we've, we've tried getting answers for years and it's just, you just want that back. You want to be safe. You want to feel home. And so that's something that you just do your best to have for your own children because there's, you know, there's a part of you that will never understand um, how that happened and you don't want to see that for your own children. Um, but yeah, it's more of a feeling. That feeling began to set in for Stephanie around December 22nd after Brenda went to use a payphone at the corner of Fenton and West Atherton Roads in Flint. It's the last time anyone would report seeing Brenda alive. Yeah, I, you know, I, f I feel like it, it just changes you as a, as a person. Um, you're just a little more guarded, a little more careful about the most mundane things, you know? Because um, there's just a part of you that's, you don't have that kid-like quality anymore. You don't get to go through the world, you know, just ignorant and oblivious to like the magic of the world, just it kind of, it's like a light goes out, but you know, it's a lot of work. You have to, you have to put the work in um, to be able to recover some of that, deal with some of the trauma, deal with some of the, you know, heartbreak that's still there. It's never gonna go away, but you, do, you have to try, you have to, you know, keep hope alive that 
somebody's going to remember something or somebody's going to come forward and do the right thing and say, you know, I was here. I know what happened. Or I know somebody that might know something that happened. So I feel like, especially once you have your own children, you have to, you know, try to have that hope alive anyways. And even in the darkest moments, encourage them to find the magic in the little, in the little things and enjoy the moment as opposed to worrying about all the things that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest things that I try to encourage with my kids, you know, is be in the moment, be present, don't be on your phone, don't, don't be on your tablet. Like, enjoy what's happening around you. Just make the best of it. Brenda's body wouldn't be found until after the new year at a park in Richfield Township outside of Flint. When did you realize after your mom went missing that she wasn't coming home, that she was she was gone. Um, I think there was a long time even after the funeral and everything. You just kind of have this magical thinking like one day she's just going to walk in the door, you know, it's it was a bad dream or it was you know, a mistake or somebody was confused. Um, maybe she just got lost. She's going to come back. So that was that was definitely hard as a kid um, trying to come to terms with something, such a big loss when you're so little. Yeah. Um, because my father had passed when I was young too, so that was it, like, you know, my mom was, my mom was gone now too, so it, it was hard. And I think one of the moments where I realized maybe she's, she's not gonna walk through the door was, um, we had the, the funeral service at the Brown Funeral Home, and I believe it was Angelo's back then. It's like a Coney Dog place, mm -hmm. um, and it was just down the, down the street. And my mother's best friend had taken me there to kind of get away from all of it, because there was a lot of people, a lot of things happening. Didn't really know what was going on at the same time. And I kept asking, like, you know, when's my mom gonna come? Like, when? can we go home? Like, when is this happening? And so she took me to the restaurant and kind of just sat me down and said, you know, she's, she's not going to come back. And I was like, well, that's silly. What do you mean? Like, because, um, of course, by the time we did find her, everything had to be like a closed casket and stuff. There was no like visual mm -hmm. for a, a kid that small to be able to make terms with, okay, so this is what's happening and this is what this means. Um, so it's, you know, there's just a picture and it's like, well, what does that mean? There's a picture on a coffin. I don't know what that means. Like, so she sat me down and we talked a little bit and I remember, I have a very vivid memory of just crying my eyes out in that booth because I didn't, well, I didn't like it, obviously. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. Like, what do you mean? So. Um, she was kind of instrumental, um, my Aunt Vicky, in helping me start to cope with that loss and being um, a safe adult in my life to like guide me at that time, which was something I needed. Stephanie would be sent to live with relatives in northern Michigan. So it was a big change from the city to this very small 
town on the lake, which was nice. It was nice growing up on a lake, um, especially in Michigan, because that's where that's why we're here. You know, you want to enjoy the outdoors if you're if you're lucky enough to. But yeah, it was different, of course. It's and it's hard to explain to your peers, you know, because uh, most most kids have mom and a dad, or you know, if they're lucky, they have two. They have a stepdad and a, and a mom, or you know, whatever's going on. They have a big family, and then to go and try to explain to them, well, I live with my great aunt, and it's like, it's not even your grandma. It's like, no. How does that work? Like, well, that's who I live with. I don't know. <laughs> like, so it was it was hard to explain and kind of connect with peers sometimes on that front, um, and then. Of course, uh, when you're young and like, oh, well, your parent died, and sometimes that, you know, it's uncomfy for the other person, like other kids or other adults. They don't really know how to process that, so mm -hmm. it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't have to avoid a subject just because it's uncomfortable. It's fine. Like, it's just my life. It's just what it is. It doesn't you know, pretending like it's not a thing doesn't help anybody. So um, that was difficult to navigate sometimes, um, connecting with other people with a, a different background, I guess, than people are used to sure. at that young of an age. Uh, you know, didn't know very many people like me that didn't have a parent at least. But um, yeah, so it's it was interesting, but it was hard on a lot of other aspects, you know. Um, my mom was very pretty. So those makeup tutorials probably would have been good. This was before YouTube. You couldn't just Google it all. Um, little things like that I think about sometimes, like learning how to do your hair or, you know, hosting. She was a great host. Like I said, she, she hosted the family. She hosted her friends. Um, Thanksgiving, Halloween's, or Thanksgiving and Christmas, Halloween, not so much. But we did have big blowouts on Halloween. I do remember that, too. I remember I had so much green paint on my face because I was a witch. <laughs> and we went through a haunted house, and I was terrified. And I grabbed her coat, which was a very light-colored coat. And then there was very much green on it after that. <laughs> and then it's back in the day where it's that nice, thick wax Yep. Like, that doesn't come off of anything. Makeup, yeah, mm -hmm. it was good. She was <laughs> less than impressed. But it was, it was a good Halloween. It was, we yeah. had a good time. Um, but yeah, so it, it would have been nice to have those kind of moments, like learning from your, your mom about different things, like hosting or cooking or, you know, just about her life mm -hmm. and who she was and how she, um, saw the world she had a rough she had a rough childhood too so um, she was in foster care and different things you know so it wasn't it wasn't always easy but she she was never bitter it was it was always came from a place of love with her I felt like that's I guess that's what I mean when when you talk about feeling safe mm -hmm. you just feel warm because um, 
she just had a lot of love, even though she had been through so many things. She just wanted family and friends to be together. So that was great, and I miss that. But all these years later, Stephanie still doesn't know what happened to her mom. Yeah. It's a... It's an interesting, like, legacy, I guess. You know, it's, like I said, it's, it can be uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable to talk about. It can be hard to talk about. Um, but even um, my oldest son is 14, and he knows that his grandma died, and he knows that something happened there that's hard to talk about. But he's also, he's just a kid, you know, mm -hmm. it's part of, a part of him I don't want to take away yet because it's so visceral how the world can be and I don't want him to lose that light yet. And take away something that you had taken away when you were yeah. half his age. So we just talk a lot of times and I'll say, you know, we'll talk about it when you get older or, mm -hmm. you know, so he, he knows that there's there's something there, you know, that um, she died and there's kind of the stuff happening in the background with the case, but he doesn't know a lot. And so I, I kind of feel like that's, that's where we're at, you know, there's a lot happening kind of in the background. We don't really see it. Mm -hmm. I get updates here and there. I make phone calls. I send emails and I hope, you know, that there's more information or that they found something or, you know, they, they were able to talk to somebody again. And we just, we just keep moving forward with that. Um, trying to keep her legacy alive in a way that's positive in something that's so painful, I guess, is the real goal, mm -hmm. is to, rem to remember her as a human and not as the thing that happened to her. Um, because you don't want to take away that respect for her as a human mm -hmm. just because of what happened to her. And, you know, we, a lot of times you feel like people go down this rabbit hole, well, why was she out at night? Or why, why was this you know, young woman walking by herself in Flint in the first place? It's like, well, what does that even matter? It's, the 80s people go to the payphone like <laughs> like that's the thing um, you know and it, it doesn't matter the other extra like there's there's no reason that that should happen to anyone nobody nobody should have to um, their family should have to deal with something so awful just because she needed to make a phone call like that's wild to me that Sometimes I feel like people want to pick apart details that are not helpful. Despite what has seemed like little movement with the investigation into her mom's death, Stephanie is not giving up on getting the case solved. No, you, you answered it perfectly. Um, you know, you, you talked a little bit about, like, don't focus on why did she do this, why did she do that. At the end of the day, she was murdered. Right. And her body was just... Discarded. Dumped, undignified on a sledding hill. Yeah. That's wild too, to like wrap your mind around as a kid, because that's something that's so joyful, I guess. Like, 
especially living in Michigan, you know, winters here can be great when you're a kid. You get bundled up and go out sledding and everything. And I don't know how old I was when I realized um, that that was like a, like Toboggan Hill was mm. a sledding hill. I knew that they had found her at the reservoir is what they had called it. Um, but I, I remember being much older and making that connection that this is actually a hill that I'm pretty sure we had gone to at some point, um, maybe more in the summer. We definitely like to go to the park and stuff a lot. So um, we were definitely, you know, outdoors a lot. Um, just keeping busy and playing and being silly. But reconciling something like you were saying, she's just discarded on a hill. And, you know, how many kids have sledded down that hill since then? Or, you know, their families make memories there. And it's, it's an interesting aspect. Um, a place that is the site of so many happy memories is the yeah. site of your worst right. memory. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I remember being older and thinking about that a lot and just... It's, it's wild. It's hard for your mind to like come to terms with some of that stuff sometimes, but not that it changes anything. You know, it's still great that other people make memories and they're, mm -hmm. they're happy about these things. And I still love it when my kids go sledding and, you know, but it's, yeah, it's kind of always back there. It's one of those things, it's part of our lives. It's part of who we are. It just, mm -hmm. it's kind of there in the background. And if you focus on it too long, you know, the rest of things fall apart. So you kind of just have to move forward and keep keep her memory alive in the best way you can. Try to stay positive. Um, keep asking questions and encourage other people not to forget that, you know, this was a human. This is somebody that's very important, maybe not to you, but to her family and her friends. She was kind of like the glue. Mm -hmm. She held us all together. And she, she enjoyed that. She enjoyed us being together. So we definitely want to try to find out what happened and bring some closure for her legacy and for my children and for myself and, um, you know, the friends and family that are still wondering what happened and why. Closure is I think is a funny word sometimes for, right. you know, for I find each family we talk to um, in this series, closure means something different yeah. uh, to them, and it looks different to every family. For you, what does closure look like? What does closure mean for you uh, in, in, in this case, in this investigation of what happened to your mom? You know, and it does, it, ch it changes, even mm -hmm. since I was little, you know, like, you, you have this idea of what justice is and like, you know, this, it changes as you grow. So at one point you just want to know answers, you know, I just, anything, just give me anything. Anything will make me feel better. And then you think about it and it's like, well, that's not entirely true because this is all, it's all, it's a lot. There's a lot happening and there's a lot to reconcile and there's a lot to like work through. There, there's a lot of trauma there. It's, it's very hard, um, but I think for our family, I know some of the friends 
and aunts and uncles, they would just like to know um, who, like who did this, why, isn't always uh, the most important part. But being able to have your day in court, I guess, and look at that person and say, I know what you did, and now everybody else does too. And seeing them come to terms with that is something I think would give me more closure than anything, is just having that moment where, I mean, assuming at this point, this person probably has grandchildren or, you know, at least their own children, and that person or people having that moment where the verdict is read or, you know, just even being laid out in public, this is what you did. If you have any information on what happened to Brenda Martinez, call the Richfield Township Police Department in Genesee County. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved. Tune in next time as we unravel another Northern Michigan cold case. For 9 in 10 News, I'm David Lydon.